so I have been at home and just watching the TV, the news this week, as you guys all probably have been with the fires. And um, it's been crazy seeing the fires in California and then seeing all of the devastation happening this week. And I was talking to Terry last week um, at North AM. We were at North AM and she was telling me about her brother was evacuated from his house and um, he went into Port Macquarie and was staying with her family and... She was sharing about how they'd prepared and all the different stuff that they'd been doing through, like, I guess, the fire season and how scary it was. Um, I think, thankfully, his like, property was not quite in the burning line, but I guess it got pretty close if he was evacuated. And then, I guess, as like the days have progressed, been hearing all this stuff in the news about um, climate change and global warming and everything contributing to the fires. And just thinking about like the drought and... Um, like the times of drought that we've had through Australia and we're growing up on the farm and thinking, oh my gosh, it's so dry and I guess we're in that season again. And I was thinking about as I was preparing for this sermon, another time of drought in the Bible that we can read about and thinking back to Old Testament times when Elijah was um, around and there was a drought that went not super long. It was um, over three years, a bit over three and a half years or... Um, people argue about the time length, but um, but it wasn't super long. Like droughts last around, I think that time now we sort of see, I guess, lengthening droughts. But the drought that Elijah um, like lived through actually declared the start of and the end of um, was so severe. So he actually declared that the drought in First Kings when he um, made this sort of I guess prophecy or declaration, um, it actually. Um, was spoken out through word, through prayer, that neither dew nor rain, so not just rain, but not even any dew, so no moisture um, came um, through into the land at that time for three and a half years. And through um, the power of his prayer and the power of that word, it actually came to pass. And I think that's, like, amazing, like, seeing um, the power in his prayer and the power in his declaration. And actually, we can read about that in First Kings, but also in... James. So we've been going through the James series, um, just reading through um, chapters of James. And this is the last week that we're um, looking at um, the letters of James. And we're just going to look at chapter five. So you can read along with me. And we're going to be um, hearing a bit about Elijah in it as well. So I'm going to read from James 5, verse uh, 13 through to 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. And so when I was reading this and just meditating on it over the last few weeks, even um, as different people were speaking on earlier chapters of James, actually there's a couple of words that really stood out to me, and um, the part that really stood out to me um, particularly, and what I want to sort of speak on today 
is that the prayer of a righteous person has great power. And so that's what I sort of wanted to sort of dig into. Um, um, righteous people praying and how powerful that the prayer is. And so thinking about who is righteous among us um, and looking at what it means and sort of thinking, well, if the righteous person has powerful prayer, how do we become that? And so righteous means innocent or holy. And we know that um, obviously that's Christ and God and nobody in their own humanly and fleshly state is righteous. Uh, definitely not myself. Um, and yet we know that thankfully through Christ's power and um, the power of the resurrection that our sins have been forgiven and washed clean and that we're not righteous in and of ourselves. But um, that righteousness has been attributed to us through faith in Jesus, um, which is talked about in Romans 3. And so we as believers are that right, can be those right, that righteous person and then our prayer, the prayer of a righteous person, is powerful um, because we're made righteous through Christ. And so I actually thought, oh, do I read this um, passage from the NIV? We've been talking about Bible translations a lot. Um, just on a side note, I actually read it from the ESV, so sorry if it was a bit different to your version. But I really, really liked the word fervent prayer. And I really wanted to use that version of fervency and just thinking about what fervent prayer looks like or being earnest in our prayer. So righteous people praying really fervently and earnestly and active. Um, so I just wanted to share about Taylor. Um, some of you might know Taylor from Queanbeyan. She is beautiful. She has long uh, red hair. Um, if you don't know her, look around next week at Getaway. Find someone who's really social with long red hair and go and introduce yourself to her. She's a beautiful person and she is so fervent in her prayers. So every week she messages me multiple times like every day oh Rach can you pray for me I'm going in the car with my boss to an appointment I just want opportunities to speak to him oh, I'm meeting up with this person can you pray she's been having issues with um, yeah, her back can you help me pray like just every single day she's asking me to pray with her she's praying as well for opportunities for people um, and it's so encouraging to me and she recently was just telling me about this girl that she's been meeting up with, and she had been having some, um, what was it, issues with some, like, um, I guess it was healing. I don't know how much I should share, but she had some issues with healing, and Kayla prayed for her, and she was 100% restored. So she said, oh, I haven't told anyone this before. My parents know, but um, this has been happening, and it's been really tough. And Taylor said, oh, well, has anyone prayed for you? Oh, no. And she said, oh, I'll pray for you. And so she prayed for her there. She laid hands, and then she went away. She prayed and asked me to pray with her. Next time she went back, this girl said, Taylor, this, I've been completely restored. And we could see how powerful the prayer was. It was such a, a massive encouragement for the girl she prayed for, for herself and also for me because I can see her fervent prayer every day when she messages me. So, yeah, definitely go and introduce yourself to Taylor. Um, I love that James in this chapter talks about prayer and he encourages us to pray at all times. And so if we're those people that maybe are a little bit slow to catch on, James encourages us to pray in sort of three different times in this passage. So when we're happy in happy times, in troubled times, and then pray for healing when we are sick. 
And so I'm kind of just going to speak on those three. I like seeing, I was like, oh, this breaks down really nicely. I can speak about the different three areas. So James says, when we are um, troubled, we should pray. It's the first part of James, that James passage in 13 that he talks about. Um, when we're troubled, we should pray. I actually think that praying in troubled times is it's the easiest time to remember to pray for me personally. It's we're like down in the trenches, things aren't going right. We're realising, actually, I can't do this by myself. I need to turn to someone for help. That's when we can, we sort of go, okay, God, I really do need you here. I can't do it by myself. And so I actually think that it's in those troubled times that um, when we feel really alone or isolated from whoever or family or whatever that we can turn to God. And so I think it's good that James reminds us to pray in troubled times that yeah, I think that's actually one of the easier ones. Sometimes, though, I remember Kathy talking about when her son Michael passed away, she couldn't pray. She was so troubled. She just couldn't um, step out and um, even talk to God. She's just in such, like, pain. But I think that's a great opportunity then to be able to take our requests and our prayers to our brothers and sisters. And um, we know that as um, the church, we're called to bear each other's burdens, um, which, talk, which is spoken about in Galatians. And so that... That strong covering of prayer is so important as well in troubled times. Um, I you can hear Tom screaming out there. Um, he's actually such a blessing to Kate and I. So we, um, like I guess everyone's troubled times is relative. Some A child can have a troubled time in the playground because no one plays with them. Someone loses a son like Kathy, but relatively they all hurt. And so... We actually um, weren't able to have children for years and years, like four years. And it was so, the weight of that, like, disappointment and that almost, like, lack of hope, it was sort of just heavy and heavy. And eventually, um, like, which should happen at the start, but I'm a really slow learner, you turn to Christ in troubled times. And eventually, instead of just becoming, like, reclusive and upset and sad, I would turn back to God. Um, back to Christ and I think that was something in those troubled times that drew me to turn to him as opposed to just wallowing in my own self-pity and at the time I was actually working at Trinity Christian School which is in um, Waniassa and they have staff devotions three times a week and so before school there's a roster you're rostered on to give your devotion most people hate it because speaking in front of your colleagues is a little bit nerve-wracking but it was fine. I had my devotion for this year all written up, ready to go. And I think that the maybe the morning before or the evening before, I felt God say, no, nope, you're going to have to share on your struggle. Share about what you're going through. And I last week when Liam was on that video sharing and Josh said um, that he felt like, dear God, please don't let me speak. I was like, that's exactly how I felt when I felt God tell me to share my struggles with my work colleagues and be so vulnerable. But I did share, so I told everyone about how I was, was struggling and it was really um, difficult and reluctantly I shared. And it was amazing. So these people that I work with were also um, like believers, they're Christians, and they prayed for me over the years um, consistently and fervently and they would check up on me. Um, people at, at Queanbeyan would come and check up and we ask how I was doing um, I think actually it's the power of their prayers that I believe that um, we were blessed with Tom. And a really cool story. So Tom had his birthday in July 
and um, Diane actually, for his birthday, gave him this, um, like a ball. And it's not, it's a, it's a cool ball, but <laughs> it's nothing special. But in the card, she'd written that um, we bought this ball in 2017 in faith, knowing that, um, <laughs> knowing that you would have a son or a daughter. And not only did she buy that in faith, like looking forward, she prayed, and I know that she prays all the time. If you need a prayer request, like if you have something that you need people to pray for, another amazing person. But I think that all of us should be like that. We should be seeing people's needs around us in the church and stepping out and saying, I'm going to be fervent in my prayer because I know that that's powerful. And so, yeah, maybe we can be asking around, knowing each other as family and just stepping up praying for those troubled times when people um, have them and, and sharing them with each other. Uh, the next one, a happy one. James directs us to share, um, oh, sorry, to pray and in happy times to sing praises to God. This, I actually think, is more difficult. It seems like it would be easy to pray in happy times, but I actually think the opposite of in troubled times is what happens. Like, we think, we kind of forget. Like, we think, oh, I'm going okay, and it's not something that um, you kind of have at the forefront of your mind. You're not lonely and depressed looking for a solution. And I think that that's almost worse. We fall into that trap thinking that um, we kind of don't need God when... Um, we do. We know that we forget that what John says is, I can do nothing apart from Christ. So we're kind of in this like false sense of security. And um, we need to actually be pushing through in those happy times, praising God, remembering um, in each, each day that we can yeah, be giving him thanks through things. Um, I love um, this saying by Smith Wigglesworth. It makes me feel better about prayer. It's, he said, I don't often spend more than half an hour in prayer. But I never go more than half an hour without praying. So I love, I love that saying. Like I'm, sometimes I'll sit there for half an hour, but very rarely. This, this makes me feel better about my prayer life. If I just can walk with Christ at all times, just talking to him throughout my day, sharing things that are bothering me, but also when things are going well, like being thankful for my family, being thankful for opportunity to, to help someone, to share something with someone. I think that those little moments of prayer can also be powerful if we're doing them often or if we're sitting down and, yeah, really just um, remembering in everyday life to be thankful for the things we're given. Um, and I really think that it draws us close to the Father's heart, being able to walk that life, like that step by step with him. I definitely don't do that all the time. So um, yeah, I love this reminder that it's a day-by-day -day journey just walking with him. James calls us to pray when we're sick. I was just reading, in verse 14 it says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. I know that, um, that yeah, there's a lot of different views on healing in the church and... Um, like there's a lot of talk, it's a faith healing movement. Um, Josh has written a great blog. So Josh is our senior leader. He and his wife and family are living in Turkey. He has some great teaching on his blog. So if you want to know more in depth than what I will go into it, Kathy's helped me, talked me through this, but he has a lot of good teaching. I can direct you to where that is. Um, and he says in his blog, I believe that when 
One is sick. We should pray in faithful expectation, believing for healing. I do not believe that scripture teaches that we will always see total physical healing during this life, but I trust God for the outcome. So he's not, and definitely I'm not either, and I know that our church is not in that position of faith healing, and if you have enough faith, um, no one will ever be sick physically in this life. So certainly that's not what um, we're teaching or believing. But thinking about James 14, thinking about that praying um, and that the sick, prayer often in faith will make the sick person well. How is that fitting with what I've just said about Josh's blog? So if we look at that word well, says the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. That word there is sozo, which I hadn't actually heard until a couple of months back as in I saw a church plant called Sozo Church. But it actually means save. So the word sozo means save. So I guess if you think about the prayer of the, of the faith shall, change, shall, shall save the sick. Sorry, too many S's. Um, it's actually talking like the idea of um, mind, body, spirit, soul, that's, that's what will be saved, like will be saved, not just necessarily physically healed. Um, so often we will translate things from Greek or Hebrew and the original translations into the best word that fits in English. Um, and so although like we read a lot that says um, heal, we're thinking physical healing, I think if we think of that word so so as save, we really get that deep understanding of a true, like healing is really salvation. So it's talking about a salvation healing and knowing that ultimately our our um, fullness and our full healing is coming through our salvation that we're all going to experience um, at the resurrection. Another really sad story I want to share with you, but a great ending. Um, Cade's dad, I was really, really blessed to meet him. So he actually um, passed away, I think, just ten, over 10 years ago. So he had, um, was diagnosed with liver cancer and so he was a really strong believer. Um, he was a Jesus follower and I remember like people were praying for him really fervently. They were, um, he was anointed with oil. I remember going and seeing like the leaders of the church anointing him with oil, really believing and trusting for healing for him. Yet he wasn't physically healed. He passed away, I think it was only probably eight months after he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, but we all actually fully believe, so I, I didn't know the family then, we fully believe that he did receive complete spiritual and physical healing well, when, like, I guess, if we're thinking about, um, yeah, when he's um, physically re re reunited with Christ in that resurrection, I guess. Um, that prayer that we and everyone else was praying was powerful. And so even though there wasn't physical healing and then he continued his life here on earth, the testimony that he left behind and the goodness was just shared over and over. Like even now you're hearing it and his funeral was amazing. So people that um, had never heard the word of God shared were able to hear it shared. And there was so much um, power in the prayer and in the whole situation even though he wasn't physically healed. So the question comes, should we still pray for physical healing? I think that, yes, obviously we should. And we should pray in expectation. I remember listening to a sermon by Craig Rochelle, and he was saying, I like really pray with great expectation that, um, 
was talking about his daughter, that she'll be healed. And I pray every time knowing God can heal her. But ultimately, he said, and we know that it may not happen today or tomorrow. It may actually eventually happen at resurrection. Um, what if someone isn't healed? So what if we get to that stage? We know that Paul talked about a thorn that he was called to bear. Many scholars think that it was a physical burden that he was called to bear. What happens if something that we're praying for isn't healed? What do we do? So we can keep praying. If the person wants us to keep praying, we can keep praying. Unless we, uh, I guess, unless we hear from God that's not going to happen and they say, no, don't pray for me anymore, we can keep praying. I think a big one that I know that Cade learnt with his dad is we should never, ever tell anyone that your faith wasn't strong enough, that's why you weren't healed. Um, and I love this, what Kathy wrote, the prayer of faith comes from the community of believers. If you look at James there, when he's talking in there, it says, the prayer, of a fa- um, the prayer offered in faith, so the person praying. So I guess if we're praying for someone and they're not healed, if we're going to really look that way, it's from the believers that are praying, not the sick person. So we should never tell someone that you're not healed because you haven't enough faith. I think the most important thing is that we can, when we're praying fervently and we continue with this fervent prayer, um, we know that those prayers are powerful, regardless of whether physical healing happens in this lifetime or the next. We know that even if um, that person continues on or they passes away, that fervent prayer draws us into closer relationship with Christ. As the person praying, that's powerful. So even if that physical healing that we're praying for and believing for and knowing in expectation that it can happen, God can heal and he often does, we know that like we're going to um, deepen our relationship with Christ anyway, which is an amazing and powerful outcome. So keep praying for people who are unwell. And there's nothing wrong with asking. I know often in our church we say, if you want prayer, just turn to the person next to you and get them to pray for you. And I think that that's great. Everyone, all believers can pray. It doesn't say that if you have prayer from someone that's just been a believer for a week, it's not going to be effective. It says that a prayer from a righteous person is effective. But at the same time, it also says that you can ask to have the elders of the church to anoint you with oil. There's nothing wrong with asking Ryan or Nicole or one of us to pray for you specifically. It's biblical. So know that you can come and ask us for prayer as well if you are feeling like there's something that you want to share with um, the church leaders or your life com leaders. Um, so... I love this passage on prayer. It's been really challenging to me, as has walking with Taylor been challenging to me in prayer. So I hope that, um, yeah, as we continue to walk together, that we can get a more comfortable sharing our troubles or even our happy times to um, be able to pray together. Jesus has opened that chasm for us. So we can come to him, to go to the Father, only through his sacrifice and how we were made righteous through him. And knowing that we need to be submitted and obedient to Christ, um, approaching the Father and the the throne of the Father in that state, knowing that submission and that obedience, like knowing that we've been made righteous, grants us full rights as an heir. And we can know that when we go and pray in this posture, we can really see how powerful prayer can be. And that access that we have 
and allowing us to be, to be completely open and share like a daughter or a son would share to their father if, if they have a close relationship with their father. Um, completely and earnestly and fervently sharing our problems and our struggles and, and our praise. Um, we can see that the power in those prayers draws us closer to Christ and how powerful, fervent prayer and um, from a righteous person can be ultimately even if our prayers aren't answered how we might like to see them so i might just pray and yeah and then we can maybe pray for each other if you would like to share your troubles or share praise we can um, pray together um, lord we just thank you that um, we have access uh, to the father through you we thank you that when we come we don't need to come with eloquent words or um, a specific thing that we want to say lord but we can just come to you open and vulnerable and just to be able to share and speak with you and walk with you we thank you that um, when we open our heart and we um, lavish praise on you or we share our struggles lord that you hear every word that's whispered from our mouths and lord we thank you that um, yeah you love us and you just desire to be in a relationship with us and that prayer just builds that relationship we thank you for um, jesus and yeah the, making us righteous through him and Father, we just thank you that um, you bind the body together. We ask that you would help us um, to be able to come together in prayer and offer up praise and, and thanksgiving to you as well as um, offering up requests. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, as we usually finish the sermon, if you would like prayer for something, you can ask the person next to you. Or you can also come and ask one of us. Uh, your life come leaders or gathering leaders or anyone really um but yeah it's biblical also to ask people who are elders of the church to be able to do that so don't feel like you can never ask um, ryan or nicole for prayer or us um as well um